Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back. You're still listening to Snacker Ikinoshk. And as you've been listening, Magnus has been taking us through a wild ride of improv. We were talking about sentence and stories. So do you want to take it off? Explain that to the world what we're about to do? Yeah. All right. We're, we're going to do a little exercise called um, Word at a Time Story. Um, so we are going to tell a story together, one word at a time. So, and a good way to start off is saying once upon a time, because then we all know what to say. So then I would say once upon a time. Perfect. And then it just continues around and we will see uh, what happens. So I'm not going to give any pointers. Let's just okay. try once and see what happens. And I'll, I'll just cut it at some point. All right. Okay. So let's start again. Once upon a time. There was a little frog that was annoying. Every day he walked to the store to annoy his brother, the frog. <laughs> <laughs> However, he never considered that he could also be gay. <gasps> Why had he never suspected this? It was raining outside. His brother saw that one time again and they considered cheering conversation <laughs> about gayness and <laughs> the end <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna just stop it here before we get too much into the, into the weeds it's getting weird at some point we would have figured out uh, the um, <laughs> the moral of the story mm. would have gotten to um, a lot of good gayness, just uh, happiness and sexuality and everything that that might uh, purport to Honestly, be. Honestly, it's open for everyone. It's I open love for that everyone. Frog. Yeah. So we. So we, what happened here? We, at some point, we sort of lost a little bit of track, right? Uh, yeah. For, for, which is for yeah. me, if I may interrupt you, I was like, I didn't know if I should just challenge the story by putting random words, Ooh. or if I should just follow along mm. and, and create create a plot, you know. Ah. Well, there's a there's so. a mix. Usually, um, trying to say the most obvious thing that makes sense is the best way to go. Okay. Um, and then, but occasionally, you could throw a little something in there and then see how the other person mm. justifies what you uh, what you said. Um, so, but we started out very nice, right? We we figured out who it was. Once one time, there was a frog. A frog with a brother. And the frog liked to be. <laughs> Annoying. Yes. And then every day the frog went to the store to be annoying to his brother, which and that's how. So now we know what like the um, the regular world is. This is what happens all the time. And then in a story, usually what we want to find out is oh, that something changed, right? Mm. So um, so uh, in practicing this exercise, you can you can you can start adding in like different things to to hit. So like every day something happens. But then one day something else happens, which led to this, which led to that, which led to this. 
and this is what we learned, mm. moral of the story, or, or, or something like that. Um, but, okay. uh, yeah. Yeah, that's good. And, and this is something you do um, when you teach uh, children, because you say you were chi- teaching do children Do this teaching too. children. Uh, and like I said, there's always the one who wants to throw a fart in everywhere. Mm. And, uh, and the person who wants to control what other people uh, say. I don't know why you looked at me like that, though. <laughs> yeah, 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 I know you. I see you. Uh, and, and the fun thing with that, though, especially the, the, the fart kid, this is a bit of a sidebar. But if you just let the fart kid say fart, yeah. then after a while, they will stop saying fart because they realize that it's actually more fun to say something else or see where it goes. Because yeah. usually they're just so used to getting a big reaction from saying fart that if you just take that away and just be like, okay, let's see what happens to the story. Mm. If you then end up screwing up a story three times in a row, then, uh, then usually they'll just change it themselves to try and see ooh, what I, happens. I, I feel like, yeah, and I feel like this would take a while because I, I did, um, we did a little acting workshop in my, in my class because um, I was still working in school. And uh, we did um, writing a line on a piece of paper and folding mm-hmm. the paper. I used to do that. Oh, yeah. And there was, I mean, they're a bit older. They were they're 11 years old or 12 years old. Mm. So they write stuff like uh, that somebody wants to hook up with somebody in the classroom, you know, and that came back very often and like some bad language. And I was like, guys, please, can we just write other things but then they keep writing and I'm like and it's always the same people as you said it's mm-hmm. always the same ones that write the stupid stuff yeah and uh, adults are the same way right mm-hmm. adults have the, the same kind of um, mechanisms yeah so it's interesting just trying to make them think outside of the box you know and be like no just you can say whatever you want you don't need to just say that and, yeah. and they're so narrow minded yeah But also sometimes saying you can say whatever you want or do whatever you want um, becomes a bit too, becomes too open, right? Yeah, yeah. Which is one of the main tools of improv as well. It's like um, how to find constraints that can free up creativity. Mm. Because if you just say you give someone a stage, like someone, you've, you've heard this before, right? Tell a joke. Oh, that's right? well. Actually, I've been told that many times, so I only have one joke that I know. Right? Good, which is so. which is good because then now you've solved that anxiety yeah. problem of shit. What if someone tells me to exactly. tell a joke? I'll go to this. That's a great <laughs> way to deal with that. But because otherwise, it's just like, or tell a cool story. Mm. You probably have a lot of stories, but it's just way too open. But then if someone says to you, um, "Tell." the story about when you were five and something and something and, and the more like specific things that constrain the amount of things you can talk about mm-hmm. the easier it will be for you right um, so that's the thing as well when you put someone on stage you want to as quickly as possible uh, create some constraints to give you the, the friction necessary to actually come up with something so it's mm-hmm. a bit like um, a bit like a haiku right um, a haiku very very clear constraints about the amount of syllables how short it's going to be but that somehow makes it possible to come up with a bajillion different uh, different things. Yeah. But if you told someone, just write a poem, mm-hmm. you'd probably sit there and just be like, I don't fucking know how exactly. to write a poem. Exactly, what to write mm-hmm. about. Yeah. And Jesus, mm-hmm. what am I going to do? Yeah. Um, oh, so, that's interesting. So that's where we have these games where we give constraints in the beginning. Uh, it makes it easier. So it might also be like trying to play a scene and we'll say, in this scene, you can only uh, use two words, your sentences. You can only speak two, two, sentence, uh, two words you can only use five, wor- five words, etc. That's a typical sort of game where you have very clear constraints. 
And then that's fun for the audience because they want to see how you wrestle with the constraints. And if you play it too safe and you obviously it's no problem, the audience will get bored. They'll see you're not challenging yourself. So is the audience a bit sadistic? <laughs> no, I, I don't I think they're like sadistic. They are adventurous. <laughs> the audience is adventurous. They want to see someone who's, who's, who's going up right to the edge of their comfort zone mm. and then daring to put a little toe outside. And mm -hmm. if you then occasionally fall off, as long as you do that with, uh, with grace, they, they will love you. <laughs> mm -hmm. If you beat yourself up, they won't like that. But if they see you really sort of uh, meet that with, uh, with a bit of courage, yeah. that's what makes it so magical. And that, that to me is like the magic of an improv show is to see that how you're walking the line between uh, anxiety and boredom. And between sort of chaos and order, right? It's all a lot of yin yang stuff, uh, stuff in here, mm. and and that's the magic is seeing that little tension. So you want to ride on the edge. Um, otherwise, yeah, you get bored or or just anxious. All right. I wanted to ask you one thing, um, because when we talk about improv and when we see improv, we it's most of the time comedy, mm. but is it like dramatic improv, serious improv, sad improv? I don't know. Where is it? Where can we find it? Well, the <laughs> capital I improv is usually uh, uh, improv comedy. And it's and, and these this sort of toolbox, it's used a lot by some of the largest um, sort of comedy writers, especially in the States, um, who, uh, yeah, written like uh, uh, the, uh, the Office, Parks and Recreation, all of these yeah. series and stuff. They, they, they come from some of these schools that teach you improv comedy as a way of almost workshopping uh, different um, different scenes, different jokes, stuff like that. And then you might, based on what you have improvised, you will write it down and find like the, the core of it. So that, that's one, one thing people do. But it uh, definitely doesn't need to be uh, comedy. Um, so you could put it up on stage and have a very serious drama show. Mm. Occasionally you see that, not as much. Um, but even that, almost uh, you can find a little bit of comedy in uh, some of the best drama almost right so also some of the best comedy I would say is, is, is the stuff that isn't obviously going for the joke or the big laugh mm. it's, it's the people who don't mind having a bit of silence and serious moments of stage that's when you get that's when you get the best uh, comedy as well yeah. actually Um, but otherwise, when people think about improv, they probably think about like someone in the back of a bar doing a lot of like fast games and raunchy humor, drinking beer on stage kind of thing. And that is a lot of fun. And there's and there's a lot of that. But it is um, it is much more uh, as well. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's interesting. And like you said, not forcing the laugh or not, you know, not making the joke just because it's a joke and it's going to make people crack up. But uh Like when we say dark humor on TV and it's just like, oh, it's pretty dark, but that's real funny. <laughs> I think that's the best that part. Dark humor is the best humor out there. Yeah. The Personally. unexpected little things. And, and sometimes also to, to get the best, the best stories or the, the most fun, you need, to, you need to build up a bit of leverage, right? And sometimes going for the joke, you're, mm -hmm. you're sort of, uh, yeah, you're... <laughs> Blowing your load? What am I trying to say? You're, you're, you're sort of, yeah, you're releasing the tension too early. Yeah. Uh, right? This show yeah. really and then, took a and then you never really, <laughs> you never really get uh, to the really, uh, the really good stuff. Tell me about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> 
So, uh, yes. So, okay. Now, uh, we've given a few examples. We've talked about what it was. What if tomorrow I want to join? I, w- I want to try improv. I mean, also, I want to try improv. What do I do? Where do I go? What? All right. Tell so me. So, if you're in, let's say you're a uh, non-Norwegian speaker uh, in, in Oslo, then the best place to go, I'd say, is uh, Impronuf at uh, Chateauneuf, where we are now in, in the studio. Yeah. Um, they have the, the largest sort of English-speaking improv community. And it's all volunteer-driven um, through the good fun. That's where I sort of came up, had my first uh, workshops. I still uh, teach there occasionally, mainly musical uh, improv. Mm. People won't want to do that. And they have uh, shows, workshops. So I'd say just find their Facebook page or something uh, with all of the, uh, the info. Um, and that's completely free. It's very cool. Um, and, um, yeah, so for English, that's probably your best bet. Otherwise, there's a lot of improv in Oslo, but it's, it's Norwegian. Yeah. So if you want to challenge yourself a bit on the Norwegian front, then uh, you can pay for very good workshops at the Andre Teatre, the mm-hmm. other theater, which is, a, which is a professional improv theater at Torshov, where you can go to Teyen Impro. Um, I've also taught quite a few classes with Teyen Impro, um, which is good fun. And um, just go and see stuff. A lot of stuff happening at Salt. Yeah. If you want to see some yes. shows. You have been at Salt. Um, yes, I, I have a show you there. Are. It's called Magnus's Musical Madness. Oh, that yeah. sounds good. That's, so that's, that's in, such a good title. And that's in English. And that, that's... Um, the three M's. Yeah, exactly. It was. Uh, I like alliterations. <laughs> so that is an improvised musical show. Um, so that just adds another small element to it. That's what I find most fun. Um yeah, there's stuff popping up all over the place. Really. Yeah. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. Uh, regarding this uh, musical improvisation, also, yeah. I, I, I did look a little bit uh, into it and when it started in history and with classical music and uh, uh-huh. uh, Johann Sebastian Bach, who was one of the first to improvise on his piano. And, um, and yeah, so there was a lot of improvisation in classical music, actually. And yeah. they did what I read, well, what I read, what I read, uh, was explaining that all those um, preludes and concertos and cadenza and the solos, all of those were segments that could be improvised. <laughs> so I think, I thought that was very interesting that they had this, they made the music, so there was a part in it where they could really uh, extend um, a chord or composition or progression mm. uh, already in classical music. And uh, and of course, if we think more now, uh, we think about jazz. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of improv in that and rock, rock and roll. There's yeah. a lot of solo guitar and stuff like this. But that's more on, on the musical um, uh, level because I think you yeah. make lyrics also, isn't it? You sing. Yeah. And you, you make up words. And yeah, make musicals yeah. pretty much. Um, and then play with some of the tropes sometimes of a musical. It can be more cheesy. But I'm personally a big fan of jazz. Um, and I think good improv on stage is very much like a, a cool jazz ensemble where uh, it's, it's the communication. A person does a little cool thing and someone says, ooh, and picks up on it and they repeat it. And then maybe later on in the song or the scene, you repeat that thing again. And yeah. It's a nice little, nice little callback. And everything that sort of happens is, uh, is given meaning by, by repetition and by attention being paid to it. So there's nothing superfluous that happens on, on stage. No. So it's like in jazz. There's no such thing as a wrong note. It just depends on how, how you use it, 
right? Mm, absolutely. Um, anybody that plays any instruments or sings? No. You don't want to hear me sing. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> okay, now Barbara is going to sing for you, everybody. <laughs> All right. <laughs> oh, wait, why, why, why were you asking? I want, I'm intrigued. Uh, um, I'm not uh, much of a musician. I'm very interested in music. But uh, for me, that's one thing. Uh, if I have a piano mm. uh, and I, I don't read notes and stuff like that, mm. but I can sit at, m at the piano and, and compose something. Mm. Um, just... I don't know, my head mm, wow. hears sounds and it sounds good and it just puts it together and, and then I just repeat and repeat and repeat until it uh, extends, right, naturally. And eventually I stop playing and then I forget, you know. But, um, yeah, I, I think I, I was wondering if people did that, like if that was something many people did that just took an instrument and just started doing something, you know. I feel like little people are able to do that because you have to have a really good ear yeah. to be able to do that because... I can read music, but I'm this kind of person. I'm really not creative and I cannot, for the life of me, do anything. I cannot draw. I cannot just put things together. Or I'm like, what if I do this and it's going to sound terrible? I'm just going to just give up out of shame. Yeah, so. but that's that's your issue. You have two... Uh, you're, you're too good at imagining how good you could be. And yeah. then your your first step is so far away from where you could be that you you don't allow yourself to mm. to suck. Yeah. Because mm. that's the thing. Uh, the reason small kids do things is because they just have a lower tolerance for sucking because <laughs> they don't really mind. And also we like give them a free pass if they draw. It sucks if a grown-up did it. But if a kid did it, we're like, shit, that's going on the fridge. Mm, um, that's true. So that's probably why grown-ups never don't really draw that much because they're very aware of how much they suck. Oh. And we all got to suck to get better. That's what improv is all about. We do. I'm so we sorry. Do. I just have yeah. such a dirty mind right here. So any listeners out there giggling, I'm giggling out with there with yeah. you. I'm sorry. Practice makes better. No, but if I can leave you all with one thing, I say that's what, <laughs> and that's what improv is for me, is, is to practice giving yourself the space to just uh, mm. be really shit uh, and then not like identifying with where you are now, but realizing that that's the first step to getting better. Kind of. Okay, that is such yeah. a wholesome way to end. Yeah, and so uh, we wrap it up here, and we say thank you to Magnus. Thank you, thank Magnus. You, thank you to you guys. And we remind people that if you do want to throw yourself into impro improvisation, you can come here at Chateauneuf uh, with uh, Impronuf, which is. Oh, and could I, I just mention Ooh, one yes. last thing? Of course. Um, that there will be a festival, a week long. International Improv Festival here at Chateauneuf mm. in September, October or something. So just check at Oslo International Improv Festival. Okay. And they're releasing, they just released tickets today, I think, for Ooh. workshops and shows. And I'll be playing there. Oh. It'll be great. <laughs> so that's like a really good way to experience uh, uh, improv. It's all in English. Yeah. We have people from all over the world coming. That is great. It's going to be great. Very accessible. So um, Impronaf, the festival at Chateauneuf and um, Toyen Improv and um, Magnus's Musical Madness and Magnus Musical Madness yeah, check sucks. it out on Instagram I'm on Instagram now that's a thing <gasps> oh, Instagram yeah. everybody we'll have all the links out there okay um, so yeah thank you so much for being there thank you and thank you girls for enduring <laughs> that I did I think we need we therapy we, we really really love that <laughs> alright speak all right. to you guys real real soon <laughs>
You've been listening to a podcast from Snakerikinovsk for Radio Nova.